Welcome to What's Next, Cornet Global's podcast that puts members on the mic for thought-provoking, profession-shaping conversations and commentary. In this episode, our Senior Vice President of Knowledge and Research, Tim Venable, interviews Patrick Flynn from TIAA Bank and Steve Saldivini from Preferred Office Network. The three discourse a few of corporate real estate's trendiest topics, co-working and flexible office solutions. Welcome, Patrick and Steve. Thank you very much for uh, joining us for this podcast. Discuss one of the biggest trends in corporate real estate today, that being co-working, uh, shared spaces, and flexible office solutions. This is a great topic uh, to be talking about because it's something that's so relevant for so many of our um, uh, member companies and uh, to help them come up with the right answer to their, their office solutions and portfolio solutions. So uh, thank you very much for joining. And Patrick, you're with uh, PIAA Bank. Uh, just uh, tell us a little bit about your role there and what you do. Sure. Uh, my title at the bank is a Real Estate Development Project Manager. Uh, I work with the bank's business units and lines of business to locate and secure business space throughout the country uh, in areas that we need it, the regional markets and so forth. Okay, cool. Great, thank you. And um, um, Steve, you're with uh, Preferred Office Solutions, so tell us uh, how long you've been with the company and uh, and a little bit about your role there. Uh, right, yeah, so I've been with uh, Preferred Office Network since 2011, so it's been eight years now, and I'm in business development and account management of national accounts, and uh, basically we we find companies like TIA Bank and other um, other corporate accounts that have a need for flexible office solutions, and uh, we hook them up with those spaces all across the country. Okay, great. Well, this, again, is such a huge trend in our profession today. Companies have such a need for flexibility, and the idea of being able to have this kind of um, you know, solution to their needs is, is very much popular today. So, Patrick, let's hear a little bit more from you about how uh, TIAA Bank has used this kind of model, a shared space model or a flexible officing model over the past few years. Why was that uh, the right choice for your company? Well, it actually fits so perfectly into our, our business model, if you will. Um, it's very important for the, the way that we had operated that and continue to operate that, that we're able to establish a temporary presence in markets. And for m- most cases, this is to test those new markets. Uh, or in other cases, it's where a market is uh, decided it's going to be permanently established. And then while we build out and, and grow leased space, uh, you know, long-term leases, we uh, will usually tap into the temporary market there and uh, make sure that our people have a great place to work in the interim so that there's a seamless transition once the lease space is ready. Uh, so it's been, uh, it's been a great resource for us for that. Uh, we, we used to leverage a, a, a different uh, national provider for this, but uh, we, we went through a process where we wanted to have a sort of a preferred vendor, if you will. So about three years ago, three or four years ago, we went through an RFP process to, uh, to really establish that, and, and that's when, you know, Pond came to the table with uh, some, some really good uh, ability to, to, to negotiate and, and to meet our needs, and uh, so we were really quite pleased. Excellent. Okay. 
So it gives you the flexibility and it gets you up and running quickly when you need to um, set up in a new market, right? That's correct. And uh, the, the temporary nature um, in, 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 of, of being able to uh, get into the space very quickly, sometimes, with, you know, Steve, we've done this sometimes within a week, actually, you know, got into a space. And, and then to be able to, you know, have a predictable time when we can leave and that, uh, that commitment be, you know, as short as possible, um, it has been, that's been really good for our business model. Mm-hmm, exactly. And in which markets do you operate, um, Patrick, and, and which, which uh, cities are, are you located in? It's probably quite a few. There's quite a few, yes. Uh, particularly our, our home lending uh, branch of, of the bank, it's still very important uh, with any type of lending, whether it be commercial or, or residential lending, that we actually be where the people are. Uh, so, yes, uh, all over the country, um, specifically in, uh, in areas where there's, there's a high concentration of you know, either, either commercial opportunities or residential opportunities. And the, the specific need that we had was a little different maybe than some other companies, that you know, some companies may need to have been in a you know, bustling metropolitan area, whereas with our home lending model, we needed to actually locate these offices in the bedroom communities. Uh, so it was, mm-hmm. it was very important. Like, let's say the, a, a market like San Francisco, uh, we, we do, have, do have a presence downtown, but uh, in the bedroom communities such as Palo Alto and Los Altos and San, uh, San Jose, that's really where you know we would be looking to you know to place our you know our people whether it be a permanent lease or even our temporary presence would be out in those bedroom communities. So uh, you know this was a it was great to have, to be able to to have that opportunity to you know to set up there temporarily. Mm-hmm. Well, the ability to get up and running in a week is tremendous, and I know tremendously helpful to. Companies like yours, what's the typical size of, of a typical office in, in this type of setting? Uh, how many employees are in that, that type of office? Usually, the, if it's the, we're actually building a team in a new market, we may enter the temporary space with really only like one to three people. Um, sure. There has been yeah. a situation I'm in Michigan. I think, Steve, did we place 19 people in temp space? <laughs> I that, think yeah, it was in the teens. I do remember that. Mm-hmm. That was definitely an outlier. So usually it's a very small team uh, that we'll start out with. And so the the ability to have the those small but very nicely appointed offices, you know, was great. All right, great. And thinking back, uh, Patrick, on the experience, there are other providers out there of flexible office space and co-working type spaces. And uh, obviously we hear a lot about that in the news these days, make a lot of headlines. What were some of the reasons that uh, led you to choose um, Steve's company uh, to work with you in this way? Well, we were very thorough in vetting uh, the uh, contenders during our RFP process, and uh, Pond was able to uh, really kind of listen to our needs and, and, and were very responsive to those needs. And, and a couple of areas would be in um, the ability to uh, to make their, their time flexible uh, we in some cases we had 30 days notice uh, to vacate um, and that was very important to us to have that small time frame um, but another big uh, item there was not only did uh, was was the pricing fair and very competitive but Pond's accounting system was 
simplified. It was it was very easy to understand what you were getting into because I had to have budgets approved for all of this. Um, the competitors were uh, they had a lot of hidden fees, a lot of complexities in how they charged their fees. Uh, many times there were grave inconsistencies from market to market as these centers were, uh, they were individually managed. And so we, we would be getting conflicting in, uh, communications from, from uh, center owners uh, as opposed to the national uh, office that brought us the pricing in the first place. It just it got to be very cumbersome and very difficult to navigate. And uh, when, you know, Pond was able to just really kind of make it hit, look, here's what you're, you're going to pay, here's what, you know, you're, you go ahead and get your budget approved for, and, uh, and it was just, it, it made my job a lot easier. Okay, great. Makes perfect sense. So you've had this working relationship um, for these past few years, and it sounds like you had good solid reasons for uh, working working with Pond, as you say, um, at that time. Um, what about since then? So you've got several years of experience under your belt, and uh, you know what are some of the, the strengths of the relationship? And uh, you know, tell us a little bit more about that. Well, it's it's been really important to me to have a consistent uh, point of contact, if you will. Ever since I joined the bank six years ago, um, Steve, you were you were running the account then. Uh, I haven't had to deal yeah. really with anyone else in Pond but Steve. Uh, when we dealt with the competitors, um, there, there was a period where the, the point of contact changed about two or three times within a six-month period. That, that makes it very difficult to, you know, to acclimate yourself to a new uh, personality, a new business style. Uh, so that was, uh, I was really impressed by that consistency there with that. Uh, that, was, uh, that, that really helped. And then, as time went on, Pond was able to increase their portfolio because in the, the difficulty that we faced in the beginning was that some of the other national providers had a larger portfolio than Pond did, but it was obvious that they were going to work right away to, to make sure that there was uh, more markets in the portfolio and so forth. So, I mean, that was noticeable from a customer standpoint that they put a lot of emphasis on that. There was also some, some custom options as well where you know, Steve had gone out and, and tried to, uh, when we needed to be in a certain area and they didn't currently have a location in their portfolio, that they would approach uh, certain landlords and see whether or not they could be brought in and then actually kind of make that in real time. Um, there was a couple of markets that, that, that really helped us. Mm-hmm. Okay. Excellent. Um, Steve, your thoughts about uh, sort of the working relationship over these past few years? Yeah, I mean, I would agree with Patrick. Um, to have one point of contact, too, from my side was great as well. I mean, uh, as I started working with them, Patrick and I had built a relationship, and I, I got to know everyone who was involved on their side, um, you know, with Mike and Eugene and some others. But Patrick and I, it was it was one of those things that when he needed something – I, I understood what their needs were, and our whole company has really been built on trying to f- be very client-focused and knowing what Patrick needed without having to go into long, drawn-out conversations and asking a lot of questions. It really sped up the process for us and for me to be able to find him something. Like he said, you know, there's times where 
we got things done within a week, and that would be from the first point of I need something in this market to a signed agreement and someone moving in. Um, that has been great. So we've built that relationship uh, over that period of time. But what the relationship with TIAA Bank did with us when um, we won this RFP, and he's right, we had always had a focus on we need to expand our network of locations. Uh, it really put an even bigger focus on it for us uh, to where we have clients that would tell us, and we love what you're doing for us, but we need you to be in more spots. I mean, we need you to be everywhere, basically, is what they want. And, mm-hmm. and so, um, you know, we set out to do that, and we're in the process of doing that. And Patrick saw that evolve to where now we're the second largest in the country. So it's it, it's something that we know that if we don't have space for our clients, no matter how good we do everything, if there's nothing we can provide for them, then we don't have anything to give them. So it's it's been it's been great. The working relationship between TIA Bank and us, not just between Patrick and I, but understanding their accounting team, their accounts payable and our accounting team, getting everyone in sync together so that when we set these up, when they move into a new market with us, uh, we know what their process is, not just for getting an agreement signed, but we also know what the process is for them to get the budgeting secured and then being able to make that initial payment and then set up recurring payments. Um, you know, We understand as corporate accounts, which is all we work with, we know that that's a process. And at some points, it may take longer than others, especially when it's a brand new location. And so our accounting teams have also worked very well together uh, to make sure uh, that those things were in sync. And we've had one point of contact on either side there, too, so they've gotten to know each other just as well as Patrick and I have over the years. So it, it's really worked out great. There, were, there was a milestone yeah. there where we were able to migrate away from having to actually FedEx a paper check overnight uh, to where our accounting systems were then were able to speak to each other and, and have all of these transactions take on a digital um, profile that 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 sped things up incredibly, and it and, you know it eliminated an entire step for me for actually having to do the physical work of uh, of getting that check up. And and I I say that because I'm on the eighth floor, and finance and accounting is on the 28th floor, and that's actually you have to switch two <laughs> elevator banks, and you know, so, so, uh, it's just one of those things that that really helped once we were able to to get that evolved. <laughs> okay, excellent. So obviously this type of officing model uh, works well for um, TIA Bank. Um, Steve, undoubtedly you have other types of corporate clients. So from your perspective, um, what are the types of companies or what are the types of functions or operations um, uh, these days are really benefiting from a more flexible approach to their office space uh, like this? Yeah, you know, it's interesting. I I do have a lot of clients that are in the banking and financing industry, uh, but I've seen over the years since uh, we first started attending Cornet Global Summits and hearing back and forth from some of the uh, real estate executives over the years, kind of the change in their perspective on how to use this flexible space uh, to where, you know, in my mind, I think it's a great option for any company that may have a sales team in a certain market that's a similar situation to what Patrick was talking about, maybe testing a market and moving a group in there uh, to not want to 
commit to a long-term space to say, you know, let's let's go with uh, a temporary space, and we can use a co-working or shared office environment to give our group of, you know, 10 to 15 or even more people a touchdown space to where they can come in if they're field salespeople especially, to where they can come in and, and get some work done in an office in a couple of hours and set up their day and then get out on the road to where they don't really need to have a structured leased space where it's your your standard conventional type office. Um, and so uh, the sales groups, obviously, and then there's a lot of others who are starting to come around more so to this shared co-working uh, environment. Technology companies uh, there, I think, in the past had been a little, a little shy about moving into it, worried about um, – maybe some security issues in some of these centers, not knowing enough about what they do. But the way they're set up nowadays, the uh, the Internet security within these co-working spaces is, is very high standard, and it's giving these people who are back at corporate uh, a secure feeling about putting their people in these co-working locations. Um, you know, some of them, like the finance and banking uh, and lending institutions, still need a private lockable space, which you can have inside a co-working center and um, and still have the flexibility to come and go as you need. And I, I think there's more and more eyes are opening up to it. Some of them are trying to change the culture, and it's taking a long time to get out of the standard uh, you know, conventional space model. But I think as they start putting their foot in the water, they're seeing that uh, in a lot of cases – it's increasing their productivity of their people by being able to be a little more flexible with the way they work. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, Patrick, your thoughts on that? Any further thoughts on uh, um, sort of how, how companies like yours um, would you know benefit from this type of approach? Well, yeah. The, like Steve had mentioned, there. You know, I guess forever uh, there was always the. Uh, notion that a you know a, a company or a, that was national had a national presence had to have these really tall buildings you know and where they had this high visibility with branding and so forth um, and that really is sort of evolving now and I, I guess the the major um, the major push for that is probably the growth in the digital world uh, let, let's take banking for instance it, it itself I mean you know I, I'll bet you you've been to a bank you know. To a physical bank less in the last year than you did in the previous 10 years before that. And that's because mm-hmm. so much more is being done, you know, on our smartphones and so forth. So we have to respond to that as far as our real estate commitments because, it, you know, it, it's quite an investment on the corporate level. Um, but we also then have to be able to respond, uh, us and our parent company, to where our, the lines of business that have to be regionally placed and have to be face-to-face with those customers, we've got to also make sure that uh, we have the option of being in those markets physically. Um, and it's, it, but that is changing. We're not, no one's going to be building a skyscraper in, you know, in every city that they're in. They're going to want to be looking for options that are very quickly onboarded um, and then really, you know, if need be, can be um, vacated you know, as quickly as possible to respond you know, to changing needs. Okay, Patrick, it sure sounds like, um, you know, your view looking 
looking forward would be that for companies like yours and others, you you probably see demand for this kind of flexible solution co-working uh, probably increasing. It certainly uh, certainly seems to be the trend right now. Is that is that your view? Looking looking ahead. I think, and because of the growth of uh, of technology in the digital world, for all industries, not just banking, that uh, that this this need will increase, uh, and and so they're also going to need to have those resources. Yeah. Mm-hmm, exactly, um, Steve. Your thoughts on on that demand for this type of space, uh, either either um, uh, increasing or decreasing? I'm going to guess you you think it's going to increase. <laughs> Yeah, I would definitely say that that it's going to increase. And it's interesting over the last eight years. I mean, I've seen when I started with Preferred Office Network, we were coming out of a of an era where there were corporate America was in a in a space where they had you know there was a lot of layoffs. The markets were all down. They had leased space. Some in some of our clients had floors of leased space that were empty. They couldn't sublet it because the economy wasn't good enough. And so they got into this mindset of, I'm not going to enter a market again and make that mistake. So I need to test the market. I mean, Patrick had said it earlier. It's just the perfect idea is to say, let me go test this market. I want to move in and make sure this is going to be a profitable market before I start to commit long-term dollars in real estate in that market. Um, And I think the other thing that would lead, and and I think that's still in the back of everyone's head, and I don't think anyone's going to want to get caught up in what happened in, you know, 07, 08 or whatever again. Um, But I think another thing that's going to lead to the increase is, is something that what these centers are able to do now, as far as, um, as far as the IT setups uh, that some of the that what held back some of the clients in the past uh, and, and TIAA Bank when we set up our relationship with them they had IT standards that we committed to that every time they moved into an office it had to be able to be set up a certain way for compliance reasons on their part and regulations especially being in the industry that they're in with banking and finance and dealing with people's personal information. Um, we're able to do that now. These centers are set up to that, you know, if there are certain ways you need your office to be set up so that the IT is it's singled out, no one has ability to even, you know, use shared equipment or whatever it may be, the centers right. are capable of doing that. And I think that will increase, you know, the safety aspect and the corporate real estate executives will start to be able to approve more of these flexible spaces because their IT department will be able to sign off on it and say, you know what, this space works for us. We're not in a liability situation if they're working there because we have everything regulated and we're still in control of the information. And I think once some of these that are trying to change their internal culture get to that point and realize, you know what, it's it's safe to put them out there, uh, it'll continue to increase. Okay, fantastic. Glad to hear that. Let's see, uh, gentlemen, as we wrap up, I do have one more question. Um, Obviously, the flexible officing solution is here. It's growing. It's going to continue because of the flexibility imperative in terms of corporate drivers and um, uh, the things that they're trying to achieve. But beyond that, 
what will workspace look like 10 years from now? Can you uh, share your vision of what, uh, what the office is going to look like uh, a decade out? I, I think it's actually going to strike a, a really healthy balance uh, to, to meet business needs uh, to take on the form of uh, people working from home, a lot of uh, alternative workplace strategies, um, a, a growing uh, presence of working from the road, if you will, like um, you know, out of hotels and so forth, and with the with the VPN uh, capability, um, and then with this uh, particular option of having this flexible office space but but uh, you know having a, a very decent office where you can do some client facing business um, along with then you know what's what will be left of the traditional um, you know large scale presence uh, you know and, and large visibility presence so I, I think it's going it's right now it's changing and it's probably going to take on a, a, a healthy balance of all of those mm-hmm. okay yeah, I would agree with that too. I mean, I, I've seen even over the past five years, I've seen certain companies like jump to one side and an overall commitment to shared workspace, and then dial it back a little bit. And I, I think uh, there's going to be, like Patrick said, I think it's it's going to be a conglomeration of all of those, uh, you know, with people working in different environments. Uh, in in different markets too. I mean, certain markets lend themselves to uh, different aspects of how you can office just because of what's available there. Uh, and you know, so it's that's going to be a lot of a lot of what makes people depend on how they do it. But I think the the corporate real estate executives are seeing that there can't just be one specific way that we office people anymore. Uh, just to secure the talent that they'll need in their companies, uh, some of the employees are going to kind of demand to have some options as to how they work in certain certain locations, and to be able to have the knowledge of yes, I, of how to run a conventional space, how to select and how to utilize a co-working and and shared office space environment, how to, which people fit the model to work from home or on the road, those type of things. Uh, they're going to they're going to learn more about each one of those aspects and and utilize them more so that they can be more efficient and i, I think it's it's got to be that way you you can't just pin pinpoint one way anymore to say this is how we're going to office uh, it's definitely going to be just as patrick described okay all right well excellent thoughts there as we uh, as we wrap up thank you very much for for that. Um, so Patrick and um, Steve, uh, thank you uh, again very much for talking with Cornet Global and sharing your thoughts on, uh, on this podcast. Uh, we appreciate it very much. This concludes this episode of What's Next. Want to record a podcast of your own? Have an idea or point of view you'd like to share? Visit CornetGlobal.org to learn more.